Welcome to the Enlightened Investor Podcast. Your one-stop shop for investing in the future you wish to live in. Hey, how's everybody doing? Thank you for tuning in to the Enlightened Investor. My name is Somil and today I'm going to give you some of my insights into the ongoing commodity cycle and what to look for when you invest in commodity stocks. All right. So, what exactly is a commodity cycle? Now, commodity prices usually work on the demand supply of the commodity. Now, this mismatch works in cycles, usually due to the nature of the capex cycles required to expand existing capacities. Now, when there's a change in trends or change in demographics, um like the urbanization of China in the past few decades or let's say the rising need for affordable housing in India, the amount of said commodity required is a lot more than the existing capacity this then results in a capex cycle to increase that capacity but since steel and cement plants aren't really built in a day the demand supply mismatch results in price hikes now these price hikes can continue till either the demand reduces or the supply increases in most cases it takes years but in some rare cases it can also take decades now these rare cases are what we call super cycles these are prolonged periods of supply demand mismatch due to macro events like um, the reconstruction of europe after the world war where the entire european continent was torn down because of the war and you had to reconstruct it so you needed a lot of concrete cement steel and a lot of other commodities now this can go on for a long period of time and that results in a lot more demand for those commodities there's two ways to look at this commodity cycle that we're in right now one is the short term view and one is the long term view we're primarily interested in the long term view but i'll still go through the short term perspective and the short term perspective would be the lockdown the virus shutting down the economy in not just india but all around the world and because of that there was a massive mismatch of supply and demand so eventually when the world opened up there was a rise in demand and the supply had to match up and because of this we are now seeing the hike in prices and this is going on and has been going on for quite a while now almost two or three quarters and it could go on for quite a while considering that we are still not able to match the demand now the longer term view is completely different it has nothing to do with the lockdown to be very honest it's uh, more about a structural change in a lot of different industries in the world um you've got automobiles you've got agriculture you've got housing every single industry is seeing a new trend or some disruption of some sort now let's take the automobile industry all right electric vehicles are now becoming more and more commercially viable and the climate pledge that uh, various different countries have taken is now pressuring those governments to empower their citizens to be able to buy more EVs and because of this you need to understand one thing normal automobiles today are made out of steel right and they have a lot of cables and wires but 
mainly they have a lot of different parts in their engines in the chassis in the in pretty much everything all right let's not get into that point is when you switch to electric vehicles you just have a battery module you have harnesses that have your cable in uh, your cabling and then you have the chassis the glass windows the interiors all of that but you don't have spark plugs you don't have carburetors you don't have so many different pieces almost more than 500 pieces that were required in an ice vehicle internal combustion engine vehicle that are not required in an electric vehicle and because of this there is a change that's happening a structural change that's happening now and that is the requirement for more aluminum more silver more copper more cobalt nickel rare earth elements as compared to steel in the automobile sector and why is that that's basically because of the fact that copper is a very good conductor all right one of the best in the world and most electrical fixtures in the world would require copper silver and a little bit of aluminum now having said this the structure of the car is what matters in terms of weight now the battery itself in the electric vehicle is very very heavy and that never used to be the case in a normal vehicle a diesel or petrol vehicle so to offset the weight of the battery manufacturers are starting to use more aluminum as compared to steel and wherever they can at least all right there are some structural changes that you cannot make because of safety protocols but most areas where you can they're switching to aluminum and all your fixtures and all your electricals which is probably fourfold or fivefold as compared to the previous vehicle are now using a lot more copper and silver and because of this there is a change in trends and that is probably going to drive the demand for copper aluminum silver and so on for the next few decades because there's 1.4 billion passenger vehicles or just automobiles in the world so to replace those vehicles it will take us a long time and now coming to the battery the battery itself requires a different set of metals and non-ferrous alloys like cobalt nickel lithium for that matter rare earth elements and all these are actually let's not say short supply but aren't that commercially available as of now compared to the number of batteries we would need to electrify the entire world whether it be the grid whether it be electric vehicles whether it be your appliances at home anything and everything that is electrical needs batteries and we are moving to a green economy we are moving to an economy that runs on renewable energy and renewable energy gives you electricity electricity is basically powering our world so batteries become a very essential part as opposed to what it was before which was only required to power things that cannot be powered by fossil fuels these trends together make a huge mega trend and the decarbonization of the world will push forward with a lot of different commodities that will have to be used to 
reconstruct the infrastructure required to now support this new energy module that we call renewables so to sum it up the world is now transitioning to renewable energy this renewable energy needs to be stored somewhere and that is where battery technology also comes in now electric vehicles are using electricity instead of using oil which means they are going to be plugging into the grid and using electricity and that will require a lot more electricity in general and also the total demand for renewable infrastructure to support this will also be going up metals like silver copper aluminum will become key elements and there will be massive infra spending in developing economies like india africa and even south america so basically urbanization digitization and decarbonization will drive the next phase of commodity growth over the coming few decades okay so how exactly do you invest in a commodity cycle now let me just give you a gist of what i like to look at when i'm investing in a commodity cycle primarily mega trends then you have global demand and supply you look at the largest players in every single commodity that you're trying to invest in and understand the dynamics um the influence of global geopolitics and also domestic policy capex cycles how long um a steel plant takes to be set up how long does a cement plant take to set up that gives you a good idea of understanding how long it will take for the demand and supply to kind of catch up and most importantly whether my view is short term or long term i like to take a few pointers out of parag parikh's book about behavioral finance so one of the points is a low base effect now when the economic scenario changes everyone benefits regardless of whether you're small you're big you're efficient or not but it is a lot harder to double profit margins from 20% to 40% as compared to a 5% to a 10% so this lower base can really be an effective catalyst also in a cycle there is an ongoing race amongst investors and traders to find the best returns but since the big guys or the leaders of the sector usually get the attention first their prices start to soar higher and higher making them look expensive to the uninformed eye now this means that investors start looking at the second best options available because those seem a bit cheaper and that basically <laughs> takes their prices higher and eventually that opens up the door to the laggards of the industry so as we go deeper into the cycle the demand for such laggards start to soar usually low cost producers that are able to optimize costs have less debt have um pricing power and a large market share are the ones who do well in bad times or a down cycle but this is the case during an up cycle the three things that matter most in this scenario one is profitability two is debt and the interest they pay on the debt and three would be taxation now let's just take a few examples to understand right example number 1 would be company a 
the company has debt and interest payments the company is making losses um it's not a leader so the costs are not at the lowest they could be and in bad times the company is clearly losing a lot of money now company b is a leader all right it has lower debts and interest payments it's profitable and it's paying taxes on the profits cash flows may or may not be positive costs are optimized and the lowest they can be so in bad times it's surviving well and it's also making money but when prices start to rise in a commodity up cycle things begin to change now the leader uh, company b has the revenue increasing costs are already optimized so they can't really do a lot about that the interest payments are low and taxes are still the same but company a which was losing money now has a totally different scenario the revenue start increasing because of the price hikes the costs improving because of efficiencies that come and the most important part is the taxes since the company was making losses in the down cycle it can now use those losses to its benefit by writing off the tax in the coming years or the coming quarters maybe now that means the company will not be paying any any taxes on the profits it generates also every time it makes more money it keeps repaying its debt as well so quarter by quarter the debt decreases and because of that the interest payment decreases and it's not paying any taxes so there's a lot more cash coming in in the next quarter and so on and so forth so eventually you're looking at a company that has a lot more growth in terms of the bottom line or at least the earning per share as compared to a leader now as we move deeper into the cycle the earnings per share for the laggards grows faster as compared to the leaders who were paying tax on their earnings now over time these laggards tend to catch the attention of investors due to their high growth and more often than not this results in high returns on the stock price so to sum it all up the best way to ride a commodity cycle would then be to judge the companies in a different way than we usually do market leaders don't always give the best returns in an up cycle previous losses can actually be looked at as a benefit and picking the right laggard over an industry leader can be the difference between a 5x growth and a 10 or 20x growth in your investment obviously if you're looking at this from a longer term perspective then the real indicators are the mega trends we discussed earlier in the episode after all the leaders are leaders for a reason and over the long term they almost always benefit from their scale of operation and their levels of vertical integration so before you jump into the world of commodities ask yourself this one question am i interested in the commodity cycle or am i interested in the future of that particular commodity thank you for listening to the enlightened investor podcast We hope this podcast can empower you to make better investing decisions. The purpose of this podcast is purely educational and anything discussed on the podcast should not be considered as investment advice. 
You can follow us on Twitter at The Enlightened Investor. If you wish to subscribe to our services or support us in our mission to enlighten and empower investors, please visit us on www.patreon.com slash The Enlightened Investor. And remember, invest in the future you wish to live in.